troopers. We're live. <laughs> 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 yeah, pull out Joe Rogan. And we're live, ladies and gentlemen. Man, I'm so full. I wouldn't have on, on some pizza right now. Where'd you eat? What'd you eat? Pizza Hut. Oh, okay. Right on. Right on, right on. Okay, let's jump into this. So, <coughs> before I get into, like, the topics and whatnot, uh, one thing I've been kind of realizing is that what... I mean, I, maybe this is obvious once I say it, and I think it'll be obvious to you guys. But, uh, like, I guess the stuff... Of course, w- once you search something on YouTube or Facebook, basically it comes out on everything that you that you search up. For the most part, there's always, like, related searches that then come up, and then, then you start getting a- relevant ads. It's like ad tracking. Right, they, like, all that stuff. Like, people are getting really good at that, and it's, it's annoying as hell. Because now, even from six months ago, now YouTube is more like television more than ever. Because now I'm getting, like, uh, commercials from, like, Bird Ogden and, like, local I saw places. Like not just relevant to, like, business or marketing or anything like I that. I saw – I don't know why it came up on, on my stuff. Actually, I do know. I was watching a Star <laughs> Wars video. Okay. And uh, there was, like, a, an ad for, for, like, a lightsaber toy. I was like, this looks like a commercial, like, on TV. It's like, why is it on YouTube? Yeah. But, yeah, it just yeah, it's goes, a, like, it's more like TV and everyone's just trying to get their – their ads on the internet now, I guess. I, I don't know if you guys have been catching this, but on Facebook now, it, I, st- I noticed this last night, actually. They're doing this thing where you're, like, watching a video, and it can be just, like, some random video, like a BuzzFeed video or something that somebody, you know, posted or a meme video or whatever. And it'll play for about 10 seconds, and it'll pause the video, start playing an ad, and then it'll tell you at the bottom, video will resume in 10 seconds. And I was like, motherfucker, you're placing the ad in between my video now? I haven't, I haven't. I haven't even bothered to watch one ad because I want that dis- to disappear like tomorrow <laughs> or tonight. Because like I, I am not gonna let them. I'm not gonna support that. I've noticed it with when that. you watch Andy, when uh, there's a, there's a, there's been a couple times where you're showing me like a video on on Facebook mm-hmm. and it like cuts it and puts an ad and I'm like, mm-hmm. what the heck? Like is that is that a thing now? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> now even uh, anything over like. 15 minutes on YouTube is getting ads in between. So it's it's a commercial it's a commercial break essentially, you know, 5 to 10 second commercial break. Now I know what I what I've been dealing with is that the like after so many commercial breaks, quote unquote, is what I'll call them, um you have to mandatorily watch a 10 second ad. Not you can't you won't be able to skip the ad unless you go to like that I think it's like YouTube Red or whatever that that like the subscription is now. Uh but anyways, so my point is that one thing I've realized because I've been having this conversation with other people is that what I watch isn't relevant to everybody. So I know I can come in here now a little more comfortable because I feel like, like I feel like when I was watching videos and then trying to bring them to the conversation here with us, that maybe everybody had already seen this video or, or like everybody has already seen it or everybody knows about this this knowledge or material. I call it knowledge because like I use it to try to develop and uh, to better myself and then hopefully bring it to us so we can ponder on some of these deeper questions. Anyhow, realizing. Saying out loud that that's not the case It's like okay, I'm, I want to continue on this like kind of video trick, which I've kind of been doing, but now I guess I feel better about it. Not not feeling as though, as though I'm, you know, taking people's information and just you know, cause I'm I'm not for one, I'm for sure not claiming it as my own. I, I have yet to do that. I I try my best to find all the evidence or like at least put the YouTube link now, put the questions, who wrote the questions, whether it was me or the person I've been watching. So anyways, so we're still on Brene Brown. Last week, we talked about six types of people. Um, that you may or may not consider friends. Uh, for example, you know, a t- one type of person is you know com- confirming how horrified you should be, and how shameful you should be, and then you have to make them feel better. That was one thing we talked about. And then for the one that I felt 
closest with was number three, which was the friend who needs you to be the pillar of worthiness and authentic. And they can't help you because they're too, too disappointed in your imperfections. And then, Brian, you said that, you know, that's not really a friend. And I'm like, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because that's the main one that struck me. That I was like, man, I, re- I really want to talk about this and elaborate, and, which we did. So continuing on that, I, I think I, I did mention this briefly last week and on, on the podcast. And then I, I did have my own like separate like talk with Brian was like, man, do I have trust issues? So luckily, Dr. Brene Brown has a trust video called the anatomy of trust which of course the link will be in the show notes i took as many notes which turned out to be like maybe like two three pages of notes along with some questions that basically i'm gonna try to go top to bottom because last time eddie was here i felt and eddie I, um, last time you were here i felt like i had just discovered dr Brené brown more in depth and i was like i just had a, a boatload of information so now what i'm trying to do is just dissect you know some more important pieces of like okay there's something here that i feel like we should talk about um, today being trust, last week, uh, types of shame, types of people that show different types of shame. Um, so again, I w- I'm just going to go top to bottom uh, for this video. Again, it's called The Anatomy of Trust by Dr. Bernie Brown. It's actually on Oprah Winfrey's page. She's the one, Oprah Winfrey's been like, at least for my related, again, my related searches on YouTube, like she's been popping up a lot. She's been interviewing a lot of people that I've been already interested in uh, from Tony Robbins and then, uh, of course, Dr. Bernie Brown. So, to give some context before we get into the first question, the first uh, topic I want to talk about, um, she talks about her daughter. Uh, Dr. Bernie Brown talks about her daughter, and she's in third grade. And I don't know if you guys want to start thinking about back when you were in third grade, you know, third grade, fourth grade, maybe even fifth grade. But uh, she had gone through the situation at school, and the Dr. Dr. Brown didn't mention what it was, but. When she picked her up from school, they went home, and then the her daughter starts crying. So then Dr. Brown's like, why are you crying? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, I can never trust anyone ever again. And she's like, why? She's like, well, that she had told the specific incident to, I guess, who she considered a group of friends. And she said by the time they went back to class after lunch, everybody knew about it, and everybody was laughing and kind of like just make, making fun of her for all intents and purposes. And... Uh, so Dr. Brown says that the teacher that she had collects a jar of marbles. And she adds a marble when the class is, the class is acting good, they're, do, they're behaving, they're, they're working well, they're working well together in groups. So she adds marbles to this jar of marbles. So Dr. Brown says, um, I, forgot, I forgot what her, what her daughter's name is, but she says, hey, you, you need to treat your friends and trust you need to treat trust like a jar of marbles, you know, an accumulation of, of things will um, l- allow you to trust that person. And, sh- and then sh- so she asks, do you, have, do you have those friends that have j- a jar of marbles? Like, oh, yeah, I have two. And Brene Brown's like, okay, cool. And so she goes into, like, you know, one of the friends gives her half a chair, half a seat at, l- at the lunch table. Whenever there's no more seats, I don't know how, how was it for you guys. Just so we can get like a little side note for context, how was it for you guys in in elementary as far as like the eating order? Like was it like individual seating? Because I remember that's the way it was. I think we had two per seat at my school. It was like two per seat or something like that. And it was, it was pretty individual. Yeah, you said like individual 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 seats. Because I know it's d- it varies in elementary to elementary. I mean, I've been to a few now that I'm like, okay, it's different. Because I know at Freddie when I was at Freddie, it was it was a longer little bench type seat, but you could fit yeah, two per people. That's what we had. Okay, and then I know then maybe in Eddie's case it was a single seat per person. So, 
in this case, it seems like it was a single seat per person. She's like, well, this, I think her name's Hannah. She's like, she gives me half a seat, you know, and she's like, she's like, and Dr. Bree's like, oh, like she didn't expect that small event to be such a, a significant thing to say, oh, yeah. I trust this person. So then there's another friend that she has in soccer, the daughter has in soccer. See, oh yeah, this is, this is my other friend. I, I trust her. And it's like, well, why, why do you trust her? And, and then Dr. Brown says, she thought, she thought her daughter was going to say, well, when I fell down and I got hit in the head, like she took me to first aid, like this biggest traveling event, and it wasn't that. She's like, oh, no. She's like, when, when Oma and Opa, is the, the grandparents' name, she's like, when Oma and Opa showed up, she told me about it, and I like that she remembered their names. And it's like, man, because even for me, I was like, man, like that's kind of like, that's just so, it's very, very small. So then Dr. Brown says, because she does research in this, you know, social science type stuff, she's like, there's no way that such small events lead to such large trust, I guess boundaries we can call them. So then, turns out that that is the answer. And, and she, gets, she gets this definition from John Gottman. Got, uh, John Gottman. Uh, trust is the, sorry. Trust is built in the smallest of moments. That's what John Gottman says. And the reason why she trusts John Gottman is because John Gottman's been doing 30 years of research on trust and betrayal, which is crazy. Because I'd like us, to, not, not like to talk about it, but like to, just to think about the, the fact of doing one thing for 30 years, researching one thing for 30 years. I feel like we're in a totally different world now where, at, for, at least for me, I'm multi-passionate. You know, we have different things going on. You know, Brian, you're doing banking, plus you're trying to get your, you know, your side stuff going. Eddie, you have the record, which you're putting, you know, you're putting a lot of time and effort into that. And now you're doing a little bit of uh, guitar maintenance. Uh, you're getting taught, what's the word? Uh, like apprenticing, yeah. essentially. Apprenticing guitar work. Um, so I feel like, man, when she said that, you know, studying something for 30, for 30 years, it was just something that stuck out to me. Anyways, I want to retract too. One of the things that Dr. B says, how am I going to explain trust? And I'm wondering if you guys were ever explained trust. And if you were, how young were you? Or... Can you think of an event that maybe allowed you to have more trust for a person or had or and or less trust for a person? I honestly and this is crazy to me because th this is actually watching this video over and over again has allowed me to, to release a lot of things from my head. Go ahead, Eddie. The, right, go ahead. the funny thing is, I don't think I can recall an event where I like had an encounter with somebody or an event situation happen where the result of it was, wow, I really trust this person now. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever had, like, a moment like that necessarily. Right. But I can think of easily moments where my trust in someone was very, like, violated and just kind of, you know, shimmered away, um, you know, in the, in a, in a very, like, even, like, just small, like, like, petty happening, you know. Like, I can think of, like, several times, but, like, uh, one, one instance in particular where um, like pretty recently where we had like uh, a, a player that was helping us out and then we were supposed to have an out of town date and he was supposed to play with us. And then like, <laughs> I don't know, like not even like less than two weeks later, I think it was maybe like a week and a half, like uh, a week and a half um, until the gig, till the out of town date. And he tells me, he's like, yeah, I can't do it anymore. And it, dude, really? Like shattered my entire universe yeah. for him. I was just like, yeah, forget this. Gonna, yeah. gonna find it's another yeah, dude. Yeah, it's not gonna work. Yeah, it's, it's not gonna, gonna work. Yeah. And I mean, like a big reason for that, though, also is not just like the trust thing, but I mean, it's well, I guess it mostly is a trust thing. But I mean, it comes down to like, you know, the 
it's like what we're doing for a career. You know, we're trying to get out of town. We're trying to like build other fan base and in other markets. And this is like you know a big step and a big deal. And to just back out, like it's kind of no big deal. A week and a half before, with like little to no remorse, it's just kind of like, in my opinion, just really shitty. So, yeah. like I wasn't really a big fan of that, and it really like puts a damper on everything. But um, so there was that. But uh, I mean, also like in in general, I just didn't want to ever hire him again because it's like, okay, man. I mean, this is gonna happen like once. I mean, that's like the one and only time it's gonna happen. Then forget it. Like you know, I can't can't trust you anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. You got anything, Brian? What you can think of. It, it, it can like be either or. It doesn't have to be. It can be either experience that led you to more trust or led you to less trust. Well, like like Eddie said, like I can't remember like one experience. It's just kind of like gradual, and it makes sense yeah, with yeah. what you're saying in the in that video um, with Dr. Brown. How it was like the small things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like little things that added up for me um, that eventually led me to trust like my best childhood friends. <coughs> now, I don't. I can't specifically think of like something or like something i did or, or any, any event that i felt betrayed mm. recently there was but uh i don't know like lately like i feel i can't really be betrayed like anything i say to someone i'm almost comfortable anybody hearing it like yeah i i, I feel like anything that i'm ashamed of i mostly keep to myself you know th there are a couple things that i'll tell to you know my closest friends that, that i would be ashamed of if certain people knew but for the most part, like I almost feel like it's very difficult to f for me to feel betrayed. Sure. It's it's almost like it's my fault. If I'm betrayed, it's my fault for letting you know giving someone that power that information. Yeah, yeah. It's in it's interesting. Cause <coughs> what I was gonna say, cause I I did I didn't want to stop because I wanted to get you guys feedback because it's interesting and 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 I I do recall an accumul I have a I have an accumulation of little things that I, oh I remember this event. And I remember that person. I remember this event. And there's a lot of, there's at least four or five things from elementary that I still remember. And I, I do wonder, like, it makes me want, like, you know, we're talking about, like, psychiatry and stuff like that. <laughs> like, it, it goes that deep for me because I'm like, man, like, it just makes me more curious because I do have these memories from elementary that listening. I'll tell you one from specific thing because when, when she said, oh, my dad was in third grade, I'm like, okay, what did I do in third grade? I was in Miss Carlson's class. I had, you know, I knew these people, these people I went to school with. And... And I remember one event, uh, and it's funny because it's, it's a that the the kicker is even funnier. So, so we were like doing voting because by third grade you can vote to be like part of student council or whatever. So I put my name on the ballot. I, I don't even know what it was, but I put my name on the, like the ballot to be voted for. And well, of course I got outbid. And in that moment, I remember coming home and 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 uh, being like, man, I don't have any friends. And I, I at that moment I was like, man, I. It, it hit me. I knew it. at third grade, we're what seven years old, eight years old, maybe. Uh, around, I mean, around there, eight, you know, eight years old. Let's mm -hmm. say eight years old, and realizing, man, I have no friends except for one guy that I remember, and, and I, I still remember who it is. Interesting enough, like have had, of course, having this information, like one guy's all, you, one person's all you need to have a good friendship to just, you know, be able to to trust, have trust in. Funny thing is, later on in the year, that guy like like accused me of something that same guy that oh, <laughs> so, so that, that that just gives you third grade for you so it's kind of hard to like right it's it's funny it's, oh, it's funny now what an asshole <laughs> <laughs> it's funny right because i've even talked about this again with my parents because it's 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 one of those moments like i said that i remember and i think for my for my mom specific because i remember her being home my dad was out of town but for her it was significant because how do you approach it because again like dr brown you're, you're hearing your child say, oh, my God, I don't have any friends. Oh, my God, I don't trust anybody. 
I'm never going to trust anybody again. It's like, as a parent, it's like, they didn't have what we're, what we're talking about now. You know? And even now, and I, I bring this up constantly, is, is us with our, with our younger peers. For me, it's Luis. Brian, you have younger siblings. Eddie, you have Justin. You know, we have these people that are younger than us that we do communicate often enough that it's like, you know, all these little things make significant impacts. At least to me, it does. Um, anyways, but yeah, so, so again, there's that one, and then there's another one. I feel like I've said this on a podcast, but I can't remember if I did. Anyway, so it was, it was like fourth or fifth grade, and I told one guy that I like this girl, right? So then... Later on, and like within like ten minutes, this little <laughs> jerk—I'll just say that for like for, for just a little more appropriate terms—like goes and tells her, and like that's another moment that I that I'm revealing here. That's like you know it, it's interesting to me that I still recall those moments, and now that I've gone to Dr. Brown, because again, at at the end of last week or leading into last week with the six people, I was like, man, okay, I fall into this category. I'm like, man, do I have trust issues? I'm like, well, let me find out. Let me, let me get more into trust. And I'm glad Dr. Brown uh, has at least some knowledge and some research on trust because then I have to go look for somebody else that has all this knowledge. So anyways, uh, so now I'm like, man, and I even told Brian, my like, dude, like, do I have trust issues? And Brian's like, I don't think it's that bad. Like, calm down, you know, whatever, which is cool. Uh, but anyways, but again, it's like, it just amazes me. The way the memory works, I guess, I guess if you go looking for it, you know, maybe you'll find it. I think so. I think uh, it's funny, like, I just thinking about now after, uh, you know, we all shared these testimonies, so to speak, thinking about the story you were telling um, about in that video with Dr. Brown telling the story about her daughter, it kind of almost feels like a, a testimony of sorts to how, like, I mean, the, the child herself remembers, like, the the little things of like, ah, yeah, like, no, I can trust her or him because, you know, this and this. But it's because, like, it's more recent for her or him or, or the daughter, right? Said daughter, so her. Right. Um, I guess it's, like, right there in the moment for her, so it's kind of more easily recalled. And then I think for us, we've just kind of lived enough years to the point now where it's just like, well, I mean, so many things have happened. I mean, you kind of just, it's almost like you just kind of read people now, you know, because you right. met so many, I guess. Yeah. And then it's like until they actually do something that strikes a chord with you. It like sticks out like a sore thumb, then you just kind of like pounce on it, and you're like, ah, nah, forget it. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Drop yeah. this whole thing. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you know? like that's what happened for the daughter ultimately. I mean, um, you know, she had friends and is all, or she had her friend she, and was yeah, all good and dandy, and then one thing happened, then boom, end of the world. I yeah, can't trust that, anybody. Yeah, no, like, I can't trust. And that was that was a crazy thing. Like man, like now and again, just so that you know, people listening and for us ourselves is like to take this out and think about it when when we're interacting with others. Like man. You know, it's interesting what some type of event, no matter how small we, we may think it is, you know, is so huge for somebody else. Yeah. Um, and uh, the funny thing is, like, I, I feel like I should be trying to give people, like, the more, like, benefit of the doubt because I realize we'll people are human. We'll get to that. There's actually, we'll get to that. Okay. Because, like, I realize that like, people are human and stuff. But uh, I, I guess, like, in my case, in my little story that I shared, um, you know, this has to do with our career and, and us getting, you know, getting moving and getting somewhere. So it's like, yeah, when, when you got a... Uh, a link in the chain that's holding everybody like that, like a weak link or whatever the analogy or the idiom is or whatever. Or it's, I guess the link different. that just can't, that doesn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't fit. Yeah, it just won't, won't latch on. Whatever variable. Yeah, so, I mean, at that point, it's like, nah, like, we're all trying to do stuff. Like, I'm responsible for me and four other dudes, so it's like, or three other dudes right. at, at that point. So, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, nah, we can't can't be dealing with this. Right. Right, yeah, man. Yeah, so let, 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 let's keep moving, let's keep moving, because... We're actually doing good on time, even though it's only been 20 minutes, but I'm liking where we're going. So, 
She continue, of course, Dr. Brown continues on trust. She says, you know, John Gatman talks about, you know, trust is the is built, you know, in the smallest of moments. One thing that Dr. Brown found in her research was that uh, when a person can say, "I trust," okay, that, let, me, let me try to think of how I'm going to say this because it makes sense on the quote. But so I guess when you're trusting somebody, the reciprocation should be. Should be I trust him because he'll ask for help when he needs it. And I think that's the main one that struck the chord with me leading into this week because, like, man, I, I rarely ask for help. Sometimes I get help, and it's great. Like, I, I mean, I, I never mind it. I never I – I now – I've gotten better at least to that, where before I feel like I used to say no to help. Like, no, I got it. Like, don't, don't, you don't worry about it. I got this. You know, there's nothing to stress about. I'll take care of it. And I was like, hey, man, you need some help? Actually, yes. You know, can you get my bag? Hey, man. Even Eddie, when you, hey, man, do you need anything? Can you please get my app and my boots, you know, this past weekend? Uh, little, little things like that. Um, um, that's what shut the core for me because, again, you know, I, it's not that I won't accept it now, but I just I'm not used to asking for help. So I think, I think this is more of a developmental part for me. You know, I don't know, I don't know where you guys feel you're at with the whole help situation because I know it's, it's really shut the core with me, and I, I did want to kind of elaborate if we could. I mean, I uh, I ask for help on things, um, never rely on it, but I ask for help on things when I know I absolutely need it, like no other way around, whether it's like a time crunch issue or if it's just like an inexperience issue, um, you know, it's usually one of those two things, like I'll ask like, you know, a bandmate to come over and help me load if I know there's going to be a time crunch issue or like to the point where like I've had like you guys just like going to my house with like without me or my parents oh, there yeah, because yeah. like things needed to get set up for practice and I was running late from work or whatever like right. you know so it's like little things like that because I know you guys aren't gonna like steal my shit so <laughs> yeah no yeah <laughs> like you know guess but, you haven't uh, noticed <laughs> <laughs> um, you know it's either like a time crunch issue like that um, that leads me to ask for help or it's an inexperienced thing like um, trying to think of like the latest example where something had to do with inexperience. Well, I guess, like, um, the first thing that pops in my head is, like, anything having to do with sound or instruments. Like, I'll ask, like, uh, Angel from the Prelude about instruments Yeah. Um, when it comes down to that, mostly because I don't want to fuck up my instrument <laughs> yeah. and then regret it later. And then, uh, like, anything for sound, I'll ask him or I'll ask you, Walker, or yeah. I'll ask like, someone who I feel like is knowledgeable and then and kind of make a movement off of that. Um, I also just uh, like, ask in general. It's kind of like getting somewhat off the topic of health. I mean, health. Help. <laughs> but, uh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> kind of off the topic of help. But um, kind of related, if you like, like it, within the band, I'll ask um, opinions before I like make a decision or give my own. Like uh, when it comes to reaching a certain decision about what we're going to do for a certain something. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm really curious to hear everyone's input and I want to allow it to, I guess, kind of. I guess kind of mix in with my own just so I have like other things to consider because I realize there's things like parts of the equation I may be missing. Like the last thing I can think of was whenever we played at Monsters in, in town here last mm -hmm. and and um, and it's an outdoor venue for anyone who's never been to this, I guess, little uh, little hole, not a hole in the wall, it's not a hole in the wall, whatever, dive bar, dive I bar, guess. Dive bar type um, You know, here in Edinburgh, Texas where we're at. So anyone who hasn't seen this stage, it's outdoors. And it's kind of like a funky setup. Like uh, aesthetically, you want to set up your speakers um, you know, house left and house right, because, I mean, that's aesthetically pleasing. And um, the way it's kind of angled off to the crowd, though, it may not be, like, best for sound necessarily. And so I think, like, one point, 
like I wanted to experiment with putting both speakers just on one side facing the entire bar instead of just like you know the area of the dance floor mm-hmm. or whatever. So I like I was like, well, I was like, I don't want to make that decision by myself. I was like, I'll just ask everybody's opinion and just kind of gather it up and see what we got. So I think that's like probably the one and only time we'll do that because I think I like the other way better. <laughs> it's funny because and that was one because I, I remember that day too because I remember you had asked me and you asked the bass player that we had at the time uh, for that. And for me, I was like, man. For me, I personally just feel strongly about the fact of who's who's actually listening and who actually you know who's there to drink and just get drunk. Area focused, right? Right, right. Yeah. And that that's usually my thing for like off stuff like that. But but then I, I did tell you that in the end because I know I know you want to try. I'm like, if you want to try, it, let's just try it. It's, and at that point, that's where that's where I kind of go stoic. And we can we can kind of go stoic in the sense like nothing nothing wrong is gonna happen. You know, we're only gonna find out. And it's then we still can, gonna work. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> we're gonna have power. Like. I, for me, that's where I stopped. Like, okay, we just try it and just leave it. And then at the end of the night, you can make a decision. Now you, now you've experimented with it. Now you know, and now you can decide for the next time and you know see where see where you want to go. It just didn't really seem to. We won't like stay on this forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. But like, it just didn't really seem to make a difference either way. Like the one when I like gathered opinion, like how did it sound, and everyone's just like, oh, it sounded good. <laughs> yeah. Like no that's one, a, that's no one the gives thing. a shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's you know? why it's like, man, like I, I, as much as I. As I want to say, like oh, like so many things, so many factors do matter, which the, a lot of things do, you know, sound, angles, all that stuff. But I think about the people who are going to that particular bar, aside from the people who go watch us, you know, there's people who go watch us. They're gonna sit with with a band, any, you know, to watch the band, anyways. Yeah. Versus everybody else is gonna go hang out, get drunk, whatever. It's and different. and uh, and more than anything, besides the speaker placement, it's probably like seventy five percent EQ. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it really comes down to that. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's that, that's a good. I mean, it's a good example of like a workplace environment. You know, uh, I do want. I, my plan is, at least for now, my plan is to go back to like some business talk next week, and we can we can dive into that. Um, going through this, I like I like I mentioned just a while ago, is that I feel a lot better about a lot of things that have been circling in my head. Like now, they're just gone. Like they're not even there anymore to like make me. Not even, not necessarily doubt, but just wonder, and, you know. And I feel like, okay, cool. Um, we can continue. We can, we can track. You know, we've been kind of on the personal dive for. I, f- I feel like the past m- almost month. You know, it's been three, four weeks that we've been in Dr. Bernie mm-hmm. Brown. You know, different things with uh, vulnerability, vulnerability, shame, trust, all this stuff. So that is the plan. Anyways, we can keep moving. I wonder if you okay. Do you? Uh, can I, I know I definitely do. And and while I sometimes feel bad, I know why I make this decision. So there are some people that call me, and I don't answer. And I let it go, and I I'll call back days later, because for me they I've lost they've lost my trust over time, and I and I know exactly who these people are. And so, like, you know, it, it, and usually I know why they're calling. And, it could, and that's also because of the consistency of why they call for the past five to ten years that I've, been, that I've had a cell phone. And so I'm wondering if you guys have had any experience like that where it's like, hmm, okay, I can, I can, I can this, this call can wait. For me, it's usually just like, I don't feel like talking to anybody on the phone right now. <laughs> God damn it, you're such an <laughs> introvert. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's the truth if... if if I just, I'm not in the mood to be on the phone, like, I'll, I won't answer. And then, like, I'll wait, like, 10 minutes. I'm like, hey, sorry, Mr. Call, what's up? <laughs> like, I'll send a text. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> what's up? Yeah, or, or, you know, it, it depends on, on my mood and the person. I will call back. More often than not, though, I, I will answer your call. 
but it's just those kind of rare times where I'm just like, I'm not up for a phone call, especially the way if I feel that it's going to take a while. Yeah. Like this person just wants to like rant about Maybe their day the day or shit. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, eh, I'd rather read about it than hear it. <laughs> 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 yeah. Reading, they, it's a little more uh, understandable when you take a while to respond on the, on the text message. Yeah. On the phone, it's like, well, you can't sit there. Five minutes <laughs> silence. Like, Sorry, I'm processing this. <laughs> uh, although I have done that before when I've been on, <laughs> when I've been on the phone with somebody I did not want to be on the phone with. Uh, uh, specifically, um, uh, breaking up with <laughs> with somebody. <laughs> well, at least you're being honest. That's all I want on this conversation. At least you're being yeah. honest. Because it's, 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 it happens. I mean, these things, like, it's interesting because one conversation I had, just a quick side side note. Uh, is like the fact of conversation and connection like there there are no conversations happening and like i feel like i, I do feel strongly to say like okay we we cell phones are good technology is good business is booming whether people think so or not you know it's probably just the way you're spending your money more than likely more than not so anyways but like the personal connection and like things like that like talking on the phone versus texting you know and and you know working that working those angles you know depending on the situation depending on what you want to get out of it depending on what you think they want to get out of it the person you're talking to anyways well more more than anything what with the example i'm referring to with like my i guess like my last breakup or whatever like you know we're like talking over the phone a couple of days after we broken up and she's like wanting to get back together and i'm just kind of not having it and uh, and really more than anything it was just me taking a while to respond because not because i didn't necessarily like want to talk to her or whatever like um you know i wanted to close things off on a good note on a healthy note so to speak as as much as possible in right. that situation mm -hmm. but um it really i just didn't want to blurt out anything that was gonna come back to bite me in the ass like yeah. i wanted i wanted to be very careful about how i was going to respond and i wanted to like think about my words before i said them sometimes it takes me like 3 minutes to do so <laughs> <laughs> whatever but um back to the main example here and then the main thing you're you're getting out here, Walker. Um, this actually happened to me like yesterday. So, um, yesterday and the day before, with like um, someone called me and and I just let it ring and 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 you know and just whatever, just ignored the call, mm. um, just because like it's one of those people that's like ah oh, they like promise you things time after time after time mm -hmm. and they just like didn't deliver. Yeah, and we're um, gonna get into that too. Yeah, and they just never delivered. So I was just like yeah, I was like, what do you want right now? You know, it's like I don't, I don't. I don't care enough to answer the phone right now. Right, so absolutely. Let it ring. Um, was eventually going to call the person back before I went to bed, but then they ended up calling me back the second time. <laughs> maybe like 15, 20 minutes later after the first call, they called me again, and I was like, okay, what does this person want? And then answer, and then talk to them. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the reason why, why I, wanted, I wanted to bring up this, because for one, I, again, I know I am very guilty of this. Now, you know, I'm I'm I am very restrictive on my on my uh, allowances of okay, how many rings do I let it go? You know, whom? You know, the, what 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 is the urgency? Because again, I've brought that up bef before. We even got into like this type of segments of like uh, topic and theme change, but of like you know, is can it wait? You know, is it that? You know, are we gonna die? No, you know, I mean, how important is the situation? You know, anyways, the reason I wanted to bring it up because again, going back to John Gottman. Was that he? He talks about he calls these sliding door moments, and sliding door apparently is a, some movie. You, uh, anybody, this everybody listening can watch that this uh, Brene Brown video because she goes into depth about the movie, and how like if she got on the train, then this would happen. If she didn't get on the train, this would happen. So it's just a difference of events depending on your choice, and so the bottom line is like when you look at the phone. And of course, in this case, it's, it seems like it's a culmination of these events. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to answer it. So we've kind of made that decision. 
But, you know, the, the example that he used, John used, was his wife. That it was early in the morning and, like, he was reading his book. And all he wanted to do was wake up. Oh, no, he was going to sleep. He was going to read his book. But he walked by the restroom and his wife's, like, brushing her hair. But she looks sad. And so he says he said that his first instinct was just keep walking, just keep walking, just keep walking, right? And it's interesting. Cause I'm like, okay, like there, you know, that that I feel like that's honesty. You know, that, that he was being honest about his first initial thought was like just keep walking, just keep walking. He said, but instead, his reaction was to go in there, take the brush from his wife, brush her hair, and then say, hey, what's going on? Like, hey, what's going on? You know, which which is good, right? So the point is that these opportunities are moments to create trust or betrayal. And, I, and that I'll struggle with. I'm like, interesting, because I know I have these moments in my head where it's like, oh, no, and I'm going to answer anyways because, like, okay, it's, you know, I, I need to, I probably need to answer anyways, right? You know, mm-hmm. or oh, this particular person won't call me off a whim. You know, there's a reason why he's calling me or they're calling me. Um, but that did strike chord me like, man, you know. So, again, I, I just want to see what you guys, because the, 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 the caller ID is the only example I have. Like, I, I don't have any, a significant other to say, oh, I <laughs> brush their hair and say, hey, are you okay? Now, in public, I don't know how you guys are with, like, maybe coworkers and, like, people that you do, that you do trust, that you have accumulated trust with is, like, being able to face and be like, hey, man, what's going on? Or, hey, are you okay? You know, what's going on? Or even, I mean, I, f- I feel, like, so strongly about lately seeing people's facial reactions when I say, hey, how's your day going? And even they, you know, they like that. You know, it's like, mm, interesting. You know, the small moment that for me is like, well, I do it every day, you know, but it seems like, you know, they, like people do appreciate it. So like, you know. In an attempt for me to be honest, anytime somebody at work like genuinely wants to know, they're like, hey, how, how are you doing? Or not even genuinely, but I take it genuinely. Like, I think about it. I'm like, hmm. Like, oh, it's good. <laughs> and I think someone, someone at, the, at Nine Round once asked me, like, you thought about that. I was like, yeah, I wanted to give you an honest <laughs> answer. Like, I didn't, I didn't just want to like non, you know, just kind of subconsciously say, oh, good. And I'd really, maybe my day hasn't been good or whatever. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause I feel like for the people that maybe it's not that we don't trust them, but we just haven't accumulated the time. I think it's a lot, a lot of it, a lot of this is just time, you know, of, of the accumulation of events where, you know, say, oh, how you going? Oh, good. And then you kind of just walk about because you know that. And we're going to actually get into that, that passiveness too, that passive just like thought of, oh, good. And then you keep going and you go about your day. You going to say something, Eddie? I was just going to say, like, for me, uh, when someone asks me how my day's going, I usually respond with the same verb that they use of, of in, like, in the question, like, uh, how's the day going? Oh, it's, it's going. going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, that's an Eddieism. I've just kind of <laughs> carried for a long time. So, unless, like, something's absolutely terribly wrong, it's like, well, since you asked. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, ex- exactly, exactly everything that we're, you know, we're mentioning now, because I feel like, because there's a passive way to do that, but then, you know, you, you get that, you get that person that like, okay, hey, how, hey, how's it going? And then, you, and then, and I, I feel like a follow-up question is very important if you care. If if you're saying if you're doing it just to be kind, cool, you say that and you go about your way. And we're actually, there's actually a piece of that too, but um, but the core of it, like, if, you know, for people that you do trust, you know, you say, how's it going? Oh, good. Um, let's say, hey, how's it going? Good. You know, uh, lately I've been I've been even asking like, what's the what's the not the what's the word I use? What's the what's the most significant thing that's happened to you? And I leave like that because I I leave it open because it can be something from the past, it could be something from now, something that just happened. And I've gotten different answers, but I I try I I have purposely lately like, oh, what's the craziest thing that's happened? And they can take crazy in a bad way or a good way. 
And usually the bad or good way to let you know how they're actually, you know, they're, they're, oh, this actually happened. Oh, there's your, there's your truth. You know, there's, there's the meat. You know, they're, they'll they're, unveil their yeah, meat. Yeah, yeah. And I. I've done that now. It's like, okay, cool. We can we can talk about that, and we can talk about this, and whatever. That's very interesting and very cool. I like that. It's a delight. F- follow-up question is important. Uh, you know, and one thing, <laughs> quick side note, another side note, um, is like, you know, we used to, I feel like m- the three of us have at least heard, you know, questions are the answer. And now I'm finding, okay, how to use the questions is the right answer <laughs> you know like 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 it's one thing to know like because when you say questions of the answer what the hell does that mean you know what is the definition of that you know wh- i'm going to bring up the definition of trust and this was uh charles fellman which we'll get into that right now but you know what is the definition of or like dr uh not dr brown uh john gottman you know his definition of trust versus this charles fellman um you know oh question of the answer what the heck is that you know and and uh so we can continue. Anyway, <laughs> it just it just makes me think that you know, it depends how you ask the question and what you ask and what you actually want to know. Anyways, so uh, Dr. Brown, Dr. Brown says you know what is trust, and then Charles she gets this definition from Charles Feltman. And I think this is very. It's actually took me a while to kind of soak in this particular sentence, and I'll try to say it you know with clarity. Trust is choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else i'm gonna repeat that because again like this took me a little while to like just digest trust is choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else so whatever they're going to reciprocate to you you know based on what you've told them it's like that one thing what is it that they say about love it's giving someone like the power to basically hurt you but I guess trusting them not to. Mm-hmm. That's actually I've I've I haven't heard that specifically, but that it, I think that's very cohesive with this statement. It's a very genuine mix of selfishness and selflessness, or sharing rather. I don't even know if like well, I mean selflessness, yeah, but like like I guess more sharing in this example. I've I've, I've been reading a lot about it lately too. I've been diving back into um, C.S. Lewis, the, C.S. the Four Lewis. Loves. Yeah, I've been diving back into that. And, and I almost bought that book today, but I wanted ah. to eat, I wanted to eat lunch, so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to hold off on books. Yeah, it's it's pretty pricey for like an only like 130 page paperback yeah. book. It's pretty pricey. But that knowledge though. But that <laughs> dude, every that page. Oh, ins- well, the insight, right? The insight yeah. per page. Well, I made I made you read like a little bit of it one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like every page is like a lot of golden nuggets in it. He puts it so simply, but um, so powerfully. Anyways. Um, but yeah, it, it's a pretty big give and take of, of like selfishness and selflessness and, and sharing and all that. Like the way C.S. Lewis puts it, it's it's like if you trace back the relationship with God, which is supposed to be our defining, um, you know, um, our, our defining relationship to show us what love is, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you look back at our relationship with God, it's um, it's very like symbiotic and it's very like selfishly symbiotic to a, to a lot of extents. Because, like, you know, God needs you. Like, you need someone to, like, worship him. And then, well, you need God because you need, like, that, I guess, like, that power in your life, I guess, or whatever, right? Like, you need that understanding or, mm-hmm. like, that help, that the guide for the meaning of life, so to speak, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's, I wish I could think of, like, better examples off the top of my head. That's not the chapter well, no. I was rereading, but. Well, because, well, okay, let, let, let's stay on the, the self self listness versus selfishness you know even gary reed brings this up in business and i think i think what he means and he says it in a, cer- in a certain way but i th- at least for my take is like you have to be so selfish with where you put yourself that it lets you be selfless for others 
that you actually care about, and they actually give a hundred percent every single day. That's actually a really good way to put it. Actually, you kind of nearly took the words out of my mouth. Really, you took the idea right from me. Actually, but um, it, it's really like one of those things where you have to think about the reason that you're putting trust in someone, or that you're showing love to someone mm-hmm. else, and it's because like you want it reciprocated. Yeah. Like like a, a majority of the reason is because you want it reciprocated to you, and it just so happens that this is like such a powerful thing that. If you like give it to someone, they can totally crush you with it, or reciprocate it back to you like, like you know, it exponentially, and it'll yeah. be like the best thing ever. That it's it's a it's a it's a it's a wandering utopia that I'm very curious about because it's it's it, you know that you know for the people who that we've at least we've seen like whether it's <coughs> excuse me whether it's movies and like true stories and t- different things from uh, whether it's story or movie that we watch. Um, you know these these uh, loves that people do have. You know, this w- husband and wife that they're in true love the whole time is like because they're so selfish with themselves that okay, I'm gonna give you myself the whole time. Were you gonna say something, Brian? I thought you pondered. It you was like something about. I was wondering if we had talked about this here on the podcast or if I heard it somewhere else. Where basically, anytime you ha- you commit like a good deed, um, you're just being selfish. Because doing something good for someone or doing something nice Rewards is actually you. making you feel yeah feel good about I, it. I, I'm pretty sure I brought that up when we were on the Simon <coughs> Sinek stuff because he talked about like dopamine and doing good things. But maybe yeah. I I did definitely argue with the fact that like don't do it for that. Which I I, mean, I no, don't. And know. I think a lot of times we don't do nice things with the intent of making ourselves feel better. Right. But it does. But yeah yeah you naturally get it. That's that's my whole point. That, that and that but I, I feel like it was Simon Sinek because he talked about dopamine and all those all those hormones that get released when you do something good, do something bad, you know, how you react and why you react to certain things. It, it's like in that situation I guess it's like a win win because like you did something good and you made yourself feel good. Everybody's happy. Yeah. yeah. You know? Uh, and just for the sake of content, uh distrust is <clears throat> quote what I have shared with you that is important to me is not safe with you, and I want that to be the closing to then get into Dr. Brown's acronym. Mm. So again, distrust is quote what I have shared with you that is important to me is not safe with you, and I think once we get into the acronym right now, it'll, that even that that distrust sentence will make a little more sense. So given the context, of the information that we have now. Uh, Dr. Brown then created an, ac- an acronym, Braving, and she actually has a new book out, or fairly new book out, uh, called Braving the Wilderness. And again, this is no affiliation to the book. I have no time. I've never even met her. One day, hopefully, you know, she's she's only in Houston. She's not that far away. Like, we're in Houston, you know, once we every three months. <laughs> we were there, like, two or three weeks ago. <laughs> so it's like, hopefully, you know, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a, a, a lift trip to, to U of H and look up her email. Like, Dr. Brown, can I meet with you for, like, 15 minutes? Anyways. You so know, that's probably uh sidebar. That's actually yeah. pretty possible if you just like look up the university and look up like directory yeah. or something. It's like yeah, super yeah. possible. As long as, as long as she's in town, like as long as she's in Houston, you know, like, hey, Dr. Brown, uh I don't, and honestly, because frankly, honestly, what I think I want to do is just talk to these people and, and just get to know them because um I am using their information on you know, on podcasts. You know, like a lot of people that I've been watch also watching is like they'll interview them. And put them like on their podcast or on their YouTube show, or whatever, which is cool. That's not. I just, I just don't feel like that's gonna be my angle. 
I actually want to know them. Does that, make, does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. No, that's awesome. And I think uh, Dr. Brown's a good place to start because, um, like, no offense to her, but I, I feel like she's kind of one of the more lesser-known of these types. Yeah. Like, Jordan Peterson's obviously, like, very well-known in this yeah. space, and um, Tim Ferriss in the personal growth department, <laughs> and et cetera, et cetera. Simon right, right, Sinek, yeah. Gary Vee. Yep. Harder to get to. You yep. know, bigger profile. Yes. So, braving is the acronym, and I'm going to start with the words. and uh, start with each letter, and then we'll go through it. We'll go through them individually and... We're probably gonna go over an hour today. Um, I've been want, and I, I, I actually thought I actually kind of foresaw, or yeah, I would force, I foresaw, yeah, foresaw, uh, going over an hour. As much as I, as I've been pretty consistent the past two, three weeks of staying within an hour, uh, it feels pretty good to keep going. So, anyways, B stands for boundaries. R stands for reliability. Uh, A is accountability. B is vault which is very important. Uh, I is integrity. N is non-judgment. G is generosity. So starting with boundaries, having clear boundaries and holding those boundaries with the people that you claim are your friends. And, and of course, all, the, all of these, I feel, are, I think we can, we're going to agree that this is also reciprocated as well. It's not, it, it's a two way, it should be a two-way street. And this is why the number of, true friends that follow these guidelines or, or fall into these guidelines or that you want to follow these guidelines, you know, um, you, need, you need to, you know, use, use it to maneuver. And I, like I said, you know, when, when Dr. Brown brought up this acronym, I'm like, oh my God, like I've been, I see acronyms all the time. You know, there's, there's a bunch of types of acronyms. And even one time, maybe like a few months ago, I was like, man, I'm going to create my own acronym because I was thinking about SMART and I wanted to make an acronym with SMART. And I finished it, never did anything with it, but, like, after seeing hers and, like, people just coming up with simple but effective acronyms that mean something, it's like, man, you know, I find it cool. I don't, like I said, I don't know if I'd ever go that route still, but I, I like that uh, others are out there creating stuff that I feel is value for myself to use mm -hmm. and bring to you guys. Anyways, so boundaries is having clear boundaries and holding those boundaries between one another. Reliability. You do what, you're sa what you say you're going to do so <laughs> she brought up, uh, she was talking about like a re reliable scale, you know, a reliable scale, like when you're weighing yourself, a reliable scale is, is uh, not a, because a value, she's talked about the difference between validity and reliability and validity, th does it work? Basically, uh, it's like quantity versus quality. And so if it's valid, it works, it gives you a weight, cool. Reliability is a, is a scale that you step on and gives you the same weight a hundred times. So that's, you know, that person that will do the same thing a hundred times and you, know, you can count on that person to be, re you, you can rely on that person to, whether it's get the job done in the workplace or otherwise. Uh, one thing she said about reliability and work was being, and that this was very keen on me because I know I'm, I'm transitioning here as well, uh, being very clear on limitations so that we don't take on so much that we come up short and don't deliver on the commitments. Uh, I.e. even this as simple as, hey, uh, it's good seeing you. We should go out for lunch sometime. And you never, you, you know you're not going to have that call to go to lunch. As opposed to saying, hey, it was nice to see you. You know, we'll see you again soon and just let it be. Hey, man, we should get lunch. Nah, it's not going to happen. Uh, but I feel like for the work part, you know, uh, taking on too many things. Um, I, I know I'm definitely, like, changing. And I know 2018 is going to have a, some, not significant change. I'm just, I'm just letting go of some stuff that I'm, I'm, I'm finding bigger, I'm finding more macros uh, that are more significant that I that I want to pursue or I want to concentrate on. So that's reliability, accountability. 
that one is probably my num- my personal number one just because um, I know it's what I expect out of myself. And funny example is Saturday, my app giving out. And I'm like, no, this cannot happen to me. Like, this is not, this is, it's not that it's not impossible. It's not that I never count, account for it being impossible. I just don't, I, I don't, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of how to say it. You know, it's not acceptable to me. So it, it, when she said accountability, you know, she said, uh, quote, I can only trust you if when you make a mistake, you're willing to own it, apologize for it, and make amends, for it, amends to it, and vice versa. Uh, you can only trust me if when I make a mistake, I'm willing to own it, apologize for it, and make amends. Um, which is it's, it's a little different, but the first thing that I thought about with accountability is like being accountable for my work. And it's like when my amp goes out, and I think it's a wire, and it's actually the amp, and it's like, no, this cannot happen. This is, no, <laughs> you know, like I would, well, if I was, if I was, if I was thinking like my amp was gonna go out, I wouldn't have used it in the first place. You know what I mean? It's just that's just my way of thinking, just to give you guys <laughs> right. Eddie, but like right? that that situation was kind of <laughs> out of your control, though. To be fair to you, and like that's what Eddie and Gonzo told me. I'm like, okay, like, I I needed to calm down. I was just so pissed off. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's it's funny how the timing of all that worked out because then Denver asked me to take mine in case his like went on the fritz and shit it out or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we took mine, and honestly, I was just almost just gonna leave. Uh, I was just gonna leave Denver's amp at home right. and just load mine in the trailer. And I thought we were gonna do that too. I, yeah, I frankly, be, did it, too. well, because I was thinking, well, Denver, if you're if you're scared, you're just gonna like just go out because it's kind of been giving you problems. I'll just take mine. Dude, yeah, like, no big deal. Huge, yeah. And I was like, nah, you know what? We'll just take it all. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we did because <laughs> it worked out. It ended up being yeah. that you needed it. So. That's so crazy, and look, and luckily Denver's didn't go out. Yeah, <laughs> luckily it all worked out. But, but yeah, the whole accountability thing in the workplace is that I just know where I hold myself, and you know when things like that happen, it makes me get really, really, really micro. You know, again, I, I get so macro that, or I guess so many good things happen in real life, and maybe this is just a, a a good macro insight. But when so many things are going, you know, you can expand. That's when you start expanding, expanding, expanding. You know, I'm able to concentrate on my board, not so much on my amp. My amp set already set up. Where in this case, you know, my amp messed up. Okay, I need to go back to a macro instant of the amp- amplifier in this case, um, which I think we can use that in work. You know, Brian, maybe uh, a template worksheets or something. You know, you can you can tie this account. You know, being accountable for your work and for it to be right. Because I know your CFO is really particular on, on the work yeah. that he wants. Yeah, and even like taking like picking up someone else's like template. We were actually kind of I was at a workshop about <coughs> some report writing with with a specific program today. And uh, we were talking about some of the accountants. Um, they're not super familiar with. Well, I mean, they're familiar with the program, but they are not as, uh, as as well versed in it as our former CFO was. So all they do is that they use and modify her old uh, files, um, her old like reports. They mm-hmm. they just go in there and you know change filters here and there, change on fields. They don't actually kind of like rewrite. They just uh, modify or, or reuse and um, we were coming to, we were actually looking at the detail of some of those and some of the calculations and stuff that are in there they may not apply anymore or it was just making things harder so <coughs> as far as like using someone else's templates and stuff I think you should still be accountable to go in there and make sure that it works the way you need it to otherwise you know your work regardless if it's if it's someone else's kind of um their their template their their the initial um, job was theirs like it, now that it's in your hands it's kind of your deal to make sure that it's working properly the way it should. Right. We're gonna close something, Eddie. Uh, I was just gonna I was gonna say like now the accountability part, considering your amp and that whole situation, 
um, the accountability thing comes in for you to get it fixed so that you can right, maybe use it instead of it keeping being a recurring thing. Got to hold you accountable there. You got to hold yourself accountable for the work yeah. that you're doing. Because it's okay, you know, it's understandable. It goes out randomly at a gig that's out of your control. What is in your control is getting it fixed, yeah. getting it solved. And, and and for me, lucky, I mean, I have another amp. I, I can I can delay this fixing because I can I can actually take it apart here at home and see if it's just something loose that I can do myself before I take it to Robert, which is the guy who works on my stuff. Um, you know, I have my twin reverb, which I, lo I love my twin reverb anyways. I, I don't use it enough, but it's so damn, I've said it over and over, but it's so damn fucking heavy. <laughs> you know, twin's so heavy. But anyways, yeah, yeah. It, it, that I guess that would be the better, you know, being accountable now that the event happened. Okay, now get it fixed or whatever, you know, whatever the situation may be. Um, cool. So we can move forward. So the next one is V for vault. And I feel, I feel this one, the way Dr. Brown talks about it, is, it's very... I think important, and you know, it, it's a good, it's it's a good one to ponder on. So, uh, this is what she says. She's like, "What I share with you, you will hold in confidence, and vice versa. So, what you share with me, I will hold in confidence, you know, for you." Um, and one thing I wrote, or that that she she didn't say it like this, but it was something that I wrote. It's like society right now is one directional. So, you know, saying telling somebody something in confidence, and that person telling somebody else that you know they have no business you know, saying that one thing, you know. And the example that, that, that Dr. Brown brought up was like uh, Lady A tells Lady B that Lady C is getting a divorce. And she says, oh, yeah, you know, Lady C, she's getting divorced, and it's ugly. And, like, she just goes off on, like, this the whole opinionated tangent on, like, the whole thing. So that's the example she gave. And I was like, man, like, and and I'm I'm – I'm sure we've gone out and we've we've been to that where we've seen that one maybe that one directional side where it's like oh shoot you know you're kind of a little more cautious on what you're saying now and what we say into, into public and uh, it's interesting because I can bring up social media and some people are just so open on social media it's like man you really want to say that on you know on, on social media and some people do some people I I know a, just maybe a handful of particular people that they really do not care they really really do not care and it's okay cool that that's their decision that you know but. One thing that she, that Dr. Brown brings up is like uh, at the end of this little piece is like you know respect my story res respect respect other people's story and uh, so I think about that it's like you know because one thing that she, that Dr. Brown brings up is that um, you know because Lady A told Lady B Lady C story now Lady B is not gonna trust Lady A which is like that to me at least to me that makes so much sense makes a ton of sense. And actually, uh, going back to speaking about Denver, um, he actually does a really good job of of uh, keeping a secret. Like yeah, they're, he's they're, his vault yeah, is really strong. Very strong. His vault is very strong. Probably one of the the better examples I can think of off the top of my head. Because yeah. like, there's been like so many I times where it's like, dude, tell me what's going on with this person. <laughs> and he's like, nope. their uh, their wife posted this on Facebook. <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on, man? Like, and he's, and he's like, like, oh no, nothing. no, no, no. Yeah. And and that that see that and that that's one of his strong points. And you know, and one thing I did want to mention before, well, I guess not before I forget, is like, you know, like last week we, we we went through these six type of people, six types of people, and how they react to certain things of certain types of shame. And you know, some of ours are probably stronger than others. You know, uh, so talking about boundaries, you know, maybe maybe you overstep your boundaries sometimes. Maybe your your who you thought your friend oversteps your boundary. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you you kind of thinking you you're not thinking a little more deeper. Uh, reliability, maybe you're not. You, maybe you're not reliable. Maybe the fr the person you thought was your best friend in the world is not the most reliable person. You know, but either way, the point my point is before we continue is like uh, using these and seeing seeing where you fit in the mold. 
you know, last week I know which one I fit. We, 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 the, the sixth person was uh, the friend who confuses connection with opportunity to one-up you. Well, that's nothing. Listen to what happened to me. You know, and that was a big one that, that uh, I was like, oh, man, I, I sometimes do it. Not, 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 in, not with the intention of, like, oh, I'm better than you, but with the intention of, like, hey, man, like, shit hap- like shit's happening, you know, everywhere. Uh, but that one was the one that stuck out to me as far as how I felt at some point. Like, man, like, I think that's me. You know, I don't I – and now, because I'm conscious about it, given this information, thankful, thanks to Dr. Brown, is that, you know, we can work on it. We can improve, and we can think about our vaults. We can think about how reliable are we. You know, and we're going to get to the whole uh, self-trust thing at, at the end of this. Continuing. Integrity. And this is, and Dr. Brown says, you know, she didn't like any definition she found in the research or the dictionary or anywhere, so she created her own. And this is her definition. Choosing courage over comfort. Choosing what's right over what's fa- fun, fast, and easy. Practicing values, not just professing values. And it's like, yeah. And for the first one, choosing courage over comfort, for me, I, I, I kind of relate it for myself is detachment. Sometimes I'll get a, like a list of things, whether it's from Eddie or Gonzo, and I, I don't reply for 24 hours because I'm, whatever it is, it's like, okay, no, th- this is a significant and this is a good topic that we need to talk about. Let's, let me think about it for 24 hours. And maybe after 24 hours, then Eddie and Gonzo is going to think about it for 24 hours and we can have more things to consider, more variables. There may be a little more clear. You know, uh, that's one thing I can think of. But that was one thing I thought of, you know, choosing because uh, right now I, th- I, I tie in comfort with instant gratification. You know, instant reply, that's, that's our access. We have phones. We can talk right away. And for some things, at least for me, like I said, I'm retracting on a lot of things. It's like, you know, some things are very important that I feel like should remain at the top of the list. So it's like, OK, you know, detach. Maybe maybe it's a quick answer. Cool. But sometimes it's 24 hours. Sometimes, and I've dialed it kind of down, not to a science necessarily, but. Depending on the topic, it's 12 hours sometimes. Sometimes it'll be at, at the end of the day. Sometimes it'll be 24 hours. It just depends. And then I'll and then I'll reply, you know, appropriately to what to what's going on. Um, that one was good. The next one, staying on integrity, is like choosing what's right over what's fun, fast, and easy. I think that's a significant one that we can ponder on. I mean, we're, we're 25. We're we're still growing. We're still learning. We're still going through this through this movement. Uh, but you know, choosing what's right, I think, is essential. And, and again, you know, uh, integrity in the small things. You know, choosing right in the small things. And, and, again, that's one thing that, you know, I feel like I'm definitely nowhere near 100%. Maybe not even 80%, but I'm definitely conscious about it. Because I know that when I talk, you know, and because my thing I think about when I think about integrity and, tr- and connecting that with trust is, like, no one should trust me until... Like, for one, they're comfortable, but also I, w- I want to make sure I have my facts right. You know, I don't want to be saying false stuff either. You know, I, I guess we can, fa- you can fall, in, you, we can, we can fall into that too much opinionated, like, conversation versus, like, having integrity. And be like, okay, no, this is what's going on. And, you know, go and finding solutions at the end, you know, stuff like that. Did you have something? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I've kind of been thinking about integrity, actually, like, the, the past couple weeks or so. It's come up with uh, conversations with me and Justin. Um, when I was up there in call station earlier yeah. last week and I was on radio tour and doing all that stuff, but man, I forget the specific example that he was telling me something had happened and, um, you know, like some, someone in his class was trying to get away with like an exception to the rule or whatever. She was trying to claim to be an exception to a certain rule so she wouldn't get like in trouble or be faulted for it. Mm-hmm. And my response was like, well, I mean, yeah, I kind of feel for him, but 
like you know you make an exception for one person you got to make an exception you for everybody to. yep and uh, and that's kind of like the way i think about like integrity and you were saying like you know the small things and the small actions and and things about like you know uh, choices we make and stuff like that yeah. so I, I think about it that way a lot ever since i kind of put those two and two together whereas now within my actions it's like i, I try to be as consistent as possible since discovering that um, last week, because it, I mean, you make exception to one thing, then it's like everything else is ruined. So, right. Uh, one thing that I, I can give an example from the gym is uh, so so there, there's only two pieces of equipment that you need. You need hand wraps and you need boxing gloves, right? Which we provide there and whatever. So if you forget if you forget one or the other, and you have to borrow. It's 15 burpees per item, right? So, and lately, I mean, and it, it and it it only happens once because they'll never forget again. And so, and so the thing I get is like, oh, it's on, it's my first time. I'm like, I gotta be fair to everybody. I'm like, cause that's that's me. I'm like, I'm like, you come with another trainer. I don't know what anybody else does, but I know what I do, and you know how much I like burpees. So it's all good, <laughs> you know. Like for me, cause they think it's just a punishment for me. Like, and actually, it's it's funny because it's not because we have a paper there. It says, members, if you for uh, the equipment on site is for new like for people who are trying it out and the trials and stuff like that. So, you know, we would like you to. Bring your own equipment. If you don't, it is a 15 burpee penalty for hand wraps and 15 burpee for for gloves. So if you forget both, which I've had this week alone already, today's Brady Tuesday, and uh, that's 30 burpees before or after the workout, and I make sure you get them done. Like at, at least if you go within my shift. But my main thing is like, oh, it's my first time. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm sorry that you forgot your stuff because you're gonna do burpees. <laughs> I'm not sorry that oh, like I feel bad for you. And they're like, well. I mean, again, it goes to the fact that we're adults and, like, you know, at least we're trying to be, you know, I, I feel – and maybe it's not happening anymore because I'm having better conversations with people, but maybe even last year, you know, people would see us so young and, in a sense, even insignificant, you know, in, in that sense, in the sense of young and naivete, right? And it's like, well, let's work on this. Integrity. Boom. Let's go. You know, you, you we're, we're – if. If you want us to act like an adult, you know, this is a great acronym to take off of that. You know, anyways, uh, we can keep moving. Uh, and non-judgment. And this is what Dr. Brown says about non-judgment. She says, I can fall apart, ask for help, be in struggle, and not be judged by you. And vice versa. You can fall apart, ask for help, be in struggle, and not be judged by me. And this is where she ties in helping others. She's like, this is hard because we're better at helping than we are at asking for help. Help should be given and reciprocated. And yeah, I guess we did. We did because we did go through, you know, how how you know how how do you feel about receiving help? How do you feel about you know giving? That? This is where she ties in non-judgment. And again, like. Interesting enough, like for braving, like she's talking about like a handful of people in your circle. Like she's not saying everybody either. You know, this this is this is very particular to know, okay, I can count and and it's interesting because, you know, this is another little cliche thing that I feel like we've heard maybe on social media and different things, like, you know, keep your keep your circle small. You know, keep your circle of friends small. And we get I feel like I got told that when I was young. Like even elementary, I got told that by people. And it's like what does that mean? There's a bunch of kids here, and we play football, and we do this, and we sport, and we have sports. And They're we have all my friends. <laughs> At least you think so. I love so. everybody. <laughs> At least you think so until third grade, like, voting comes up. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like oh, shoot, okay, cool, right? Uh, but anyway. Oh, they're his friends, too. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Oh, man. It's funny. Like, I had, like, somewhat a similar experience. I don't know if it was, like, as dire as how you just put yours a while ago. But um, I remember fifth grade uh, student council running for, for president. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I realized, wow, like, I'm really, like, not that popular. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I had, like, a great speech. And I said everything that, like, I guess one, you know, quote should say. Yeah. Um, you know, for like, oh, you know, I want to make the school a better school and, and you know, I want to like work with administration and, you know, do all that like, you I mean, you're in fifth grade. I mean, what, <laughs> what can you really do? But, you know, it, it's like it's more of experience thing, I guess, at right. that age. But, you know, I'm like technically saying all the right things or whatever. And and then like, you know, as one girl comes out and it's just a fucking popularity contest, man. Like, you know, that's yeah. like I remember that hitting me, too, you know, in a way. That's interesting. I, I actually ran for president, too, in, in school. That was that was an interesting process. But I, I don't remember like whatever like the details, but I, re- I remember spending the night before the, the speech, giving the speech, like preparing, and my mom was timing me on my watch, on the watch, and we had so, so much time. I remember that process. I do remember that process, like grinding out late at night, you know, 9 p.m., <laughs> whatever, 10 p.m., grinding it out at the time and, and going through that process. Very, Just very to funny. be disappointed. <laughs> Life well, experience. Sorry, I won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. You won that sorry, one. Sorry, I won. Oh, you, just, uh, you said fifth. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, older yeah. then. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, fifth grade. So no longer the third grade example. Took two years to okay. make friends, bro. <laughs> Inter- well, interesting enough that I won that, that I won that you know, particular, uh, that one, you know, third grade or fifth grade, where third grade I feel like, oh, my God, no. And, and fifth grade, for, for whatever reason, I, I did win. I mean, I, I, said, I, I say for whatever reason because I don't remember, like, the, the exclusivity of, like, people and stuff like that. You, you know, you promised ice cream in the vending <laughs> machines. Yeah, right. You know, and it and it's funny with the circle of friends thing because, um, you know, there's some there's some girls I've dated that have had almost no friends, and those and those have been like we're not like no friends, but like I mean almost no friends, right? Like one or two close friends or whatever, and it's just kind of like oh, that's kind of maybe kind of odd, but those are like the best relationships, or the ones that had kind of more to offer or, or healthier aspects to them. The ones that didn't have healthy aspects to them were ones where they did have um, a big friend group. And I, when I mean big, I mean, like, ten or more people, mm. right? And there was yeah. always, like, so much drama surrounding those groups and felt like high school. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then like, and then I just kind of, like, feel bad whenever, like, they ask me. It's like, well, like, who are, like, who are, like, your friends down here? It's like, well, I mean, if I can count on my band, uh, right. I mean, like, we work together, well, but we're friends, right, I guess. Right. And <laughs> actually, I'm, gla- I'm glad you actually brought that up because first thing I thought about was, like, like maneuvering with that. Because it's like, you know, we are friends. We, because we've known each other before we now have have dove into this project. But um, it's like playing that middle because, like, the music, the music, not in general, for now, the record 17 Hours has to come first. Mm-hmm. At least that's my opinion. Yeah. Is that the record for now, you know, above everything else is that that has to come first. And, and you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of give and take, you know, there's a lot of tussling as far as scheduling and everybody getting on the same page, you know, trying to get some rehearsals in, whatever, getting gigs, getting out of town, getting radio, the whole works. But I, it, this, the non-judgment thing and maneuvering, which is what I tied into is like that, I, like, you know, how do, how, do I, how do we use braving in business is one thing that I thought about. You know, mm. and, and, and that that's a personal thing that, you know, I'll work on it and, you know, and see what happens because, you know, we're friends. But, you know, it, it, it to me, it coincides with the fact that from what I've seen generally, you know, when you mix family and business, it doesn't work. And and it's and music's like the ultimate, like, just cut through the middle of that, you know, trying to we all know each other. We've all known each other. We all, you know, even at 
for the sake of like me and Eddie, our parents know each other. You know, it's yeah. deeper than just, yeah. you know, traveling from, let's say, Cedar Park to Austin to play with a band. No, we're all from Edinburgh. We're all from McAllen. We're all from the area, you know, and maneuvering through the business to make sure that at the end of the day, at least for EddieSignsMusic.com, for EddieSignsMusic, that 17 hours for now comes first and we keep that a priority. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the conversation should only go so far. Like, before we start recording right now, you know, we're having a good conversation. Just to get the get, get the get the the conversation going, you know, we were just talking everything, right? And it's like, okay, now we get, in, get into the, the, cir- you know, the, the workflow. Cir- the, the workflow, yeah. exactly. And, you know, finding that circulation of, of flow to have a, good, have a good balance. Not a perfect balance. You know, last week, I, one of the things I ended with was that Dr. Brown says that empathy is not perfect, but, you know, it's something to ponder on and work on. And uh, same thing with this and, you know, being non-judgmental, being reliable in the business in the business uh, business space. Uh, and also or wherever you work, like, you know, uh, whether you whether you want to work, whether you want to move up your chain of command at your office. Now I'm talking to everybody listening, everybody else listening, you know, whether you want to move up, whether you want to start your own business, whatever. I mean, it's it's not business in se- uh, in- inclusive or exclusive, but um, that's just how I'm able to tie into it that, you know, Braving in life, braving in, in business, you know, you can you can use it for either one. Um, let's keep moving. So last one, G, generosity. And this is the one where we're talking about, like, assume the best of people that you had brought mm-hmm. up earlier. This yeah. is where I'm like, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Generosity. Awesome. We're here so, now. Yes, we're here now. Uh, if you can assume the most generous thing about my words, intention, behaviors, then check in with me. That's the way you should maneuver. That, which is exactly what, which exactly what you had said earlier, Eddie, about you know you you want to have the benefit of the doubt. And in this case, it's being generous. And let's say what the example she gave. I mean, should write write an example. Is like a a mom's death. So the example she gave, and she at first I thought she was talking about her mom, but it was turned out it's just like a like a story example, right? So she this is her quote. It's like, uh, where is it? I was hoping you would have called. I know you care about me. I wanted to let you know that I've been thinking about that. So like when your mom, pa- they say, no, or when someone important to you passes away and, and you're like, man, I, would, I really need to talk, but you know, your friend is busy or, or, or didn't call and say, hey, man, I'm sorry for your loss or you know, whatever the situation is. Um, you know, it's like, hey, you then telling that person, hey, man, you know, this just happened. You know, I, I wish you would have called me. You know, I, and at then at that point, like I think there's a, there's even a middle ground. For, at least for me, maybe it's being a, being a guy as well, being a male, maybe a little bit different. Where it'd be like, hey man, can we talk? That's what I would say now. It's like, hey man, I, I need. I told Brian like, uh, two weeks ago, I was like, dude, I might have trust issues. <laughs> I want to talk about this. Like I I need to get this out in the air because I I don't know. I was just so so much. I was so far into my head that I was like, whoa whoa whoa. I need I need a I need a I need a external vo- external voice helping me out here. Uh, but again, you know, assuming the best of people and, and th- again, reciprocate it, you know, uh, when you go out and some, someone disappoints you, you know, if, if you have them on your, on your, you know, th- your handful of true friends, you know, you know, you want to assume check in, and, and then check in with them. That, that gives you also, can we talk about choice? We've talked about choice over and over again of you have the choice to call as well. And that's where the two way street comes in. We, we can, we can tie this whole thing into is the two way street, you know, working on it. You know, we're not done yet, but um, we're done with the acronym <coughs> generosity. You know, giving people the benefit of the doubt, especially if you hold them true to you, true to uh, your circle, and who you want to uh, 
give trust to. Uh, interesting enough, because like Jocko, he talks about, you know, in order to get trust, you should give trust. And, and it's interesting now, given this, that will be a summation of trust. It's, it's going to be a new wave of, of maneuvering, you know, giving trust and getting trust. You know, how that works. <coughs> Final point of this conversation is the loss of self-trust. And what this, I, what I thought about when I got to this part of the video was, because I've been asking you guys, even like two weeks ago when you guys were in all, with all three of us were here, was like, how's your self-talk lately? You know, that, that was one of my questions. And, and that's been, because that's been one of the things that's, that, that I feel is significant enough that it should be not, I'm not, I'm not saying be a utopia, talk to yourself, but, you know, being kind to yourself. Because here she mentions about, she talks about loss of self-trust. And then so she says, you know, do I honor my own brown boundaries? Can I rely on myself? Do I hold myself accountable? Was I really protective of my stories? You know, did I stay in, in my integrity? Was I judgmental to myself? Did I give myself the benefit of the doubt? Was I generous to myself? And when she brought this question, it's like, okay, now I have something to at least answer and, like, find out, you know, see what's up. Because, like I said, my self-talk as much – because I've mentioned this since – I think even since we've done, like, some Tim Ferriss information and, like, other people's information too, Tony Robbins of, you know – yourself uh, probably Tony Robbins more than anybody and Tony, Tim Ferriss probably got it from Tony Robbins but you know how important your self-talk is to like get you moving and get you into a direction that you want to go to and like when I was into Tony Robbins it was like okay yeah like I, I I feel strongly about it but it only worked for a little bit and now with these like okay hopefully now I can get a little more deeper into myself because I feel like because oh this is why because she says you know If your own, and this, this, this is where she ties it all in, if you're, and this ties in the marble jar as well. If your own marble, marble jar is not full, you can't, give, you can't have others give you what you don't have. And it's like, well, right. Like, you know, and, and, that goes, and that ties in again, you know, helping more than getting help. And, you know, at, or not even getting help, asking for help. Being vulnerable enough, being unashamed, being guiltless about asking for help. And I think that was so uh, significant. I was going to say, I think I saw, like, a Daily Stoic posted. I'm never going to remember who said it. Like, whether it was, like, Seneca or, like, or, yeah, Marcus Aurelius or insert Greek, Roman name, whatever, that I'm never going to remember. It's probably but one of them, too. More, more, than, like, <laughs> more than likely. Lately, it's been, lately it's yeah. been one of them, too. So. But I saw them post something like, um, what is there for a man to learn who thinks he knows it all, or something along those lines. Yeah, I think that you was know? Marcus Aurelius. I think yeah. it was. I saw that, too. Yeah, sa same idea. And it's like, man, like, so, again, I mean, to, for me to be vulnerable on this episode, like I have been for the past past month or so, it's like, man, you know, it's something that I do feel strong enough that I want to work on, but it's just like, you know, it's maneuvering. Because essentially, like, you know, we are a being of our, we we are a, what's the word? Like, I guess we are a collect, oh, that's what I, I think that's what I said maybe last week or two weeks ago, but we are a collection of our past. You know, another thing, oh, I, I, do I did want to say this as well, is that, you know, braving, you know, the acronym braving with others is braving connection. Self-trust is braving self-love and self-respect. Interesting enough is that I do have an answer for that. It's like I have enough self-love to want to work out, eat decent. My, my dad's not, not anywhere where it should be. And I'm not even saying where I want to be. It's just opt it's for optimal performance. But I'm at 100%. 
and I, and for me, that's what I tie in. Like self love and self respect is still doing a lot of those things. You know, reading books, trying to have good conversations, uh, working out consistently. Um, so it's interesting, you know, where I thought, you know, maybe I was out of this element. You know, I was, I, or maybe I had trust issues. Like, no, I just, I have, I do have, I do have at least some, uh, I guess, accumulation for myself of self trust where I thought maybe I had none. Because that's where I was two or three weeks ago where I was like, man, I think I have zero. <laughs> you know, that, that's, just, that's just where I was in my head. Uh, we can wrap it up. I have a couple, couple more things I just want to mention uh, here. And one of the quotes she says, uh, beware of the naked man who offers you a shirt. It's an African proverb. And I was like, damn, that's good. <laughs> I was like, man, that's very good. That has the ability to hit in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Because think about, I mean, it, I, it's a good way to think about it, it. Just period. Because it's like you know, beware of the naked man offering you a shirt. It's like, right? You know how? And and I've I've even talked about this on here is like the airplane example. You know, you put your oxygen mask on first. If you don't get yours on first, you how are you gonna help your kids? How are you gonna help others? You can't help others if you can't help yourself. And like, even then, like I still fall into like this little valley where it's not it's it's never gone so deep as like oh my god like you know i've gone to like you know any type of like terrible mind state but to me it's just it's i guess quote unquote bad enough and significant enough towards like okay you know i, I want to make th maybe i just want to make this better maybe i've gotten better it's not as bad as it used to be but i want to get better mm -hmm. but when she said that i was like right and it's like why did i forget that why do, you know i i had i've even up until this week you know i had forgotten about the airplane example of you know you can't help others you can't help yourself and I tell that to people, not constantly, but I tell the people that I see struggling with the same thing. It's like, man, you're working on it. I'm working on it too. You know, we need to be, be able to put on our oxygen mask first. Because if we don't, we're going to pass out. <laughs> and we can't, we can't do this. We can't do it without that yeah. first. <coughs> last main question. I wrote this verbatim. And I, I did this for last week and I did this for this week because, uh, again, just for the sake of not fucking shit up. And I wanted to get be precise. Um, because I feel like we can, I can write them for write, or I, at least I can write Dr. Brown's uh, sayings verbatim because I know we're gonna bring in our own insight. So that allows it to have some balance of like, oh, he's just sitting from somebody. Like, well, no, we're, we're I'm telling you exactly what's going on in my head right now. Or or Eddie's giving his examples. Brian's giving his examples. You know, we're we're that's the dichotomy. That's the balance that I, that I'm seeing that we can derive off of. Anyways, last piece that Dr. Brown says. We can't ask people to give to us something that we do not believe we're worthy of receiving. You'll know you're worthy of receiving it when you trust yourself above everyone else, above every, yeah, above everyone, sorry, above everyone else. <laughs> That's all it says. And again, it goes back to feeling worthy. I talked about worthiness last week. And I, I briefly mentioned it right now where, you know, person number three from the six people you know, friend who needs you to be the pillar of worthiness. And, like, where I feel like that, you know, and it's not even do I want to feel worthy. It's like, am I doing the right thing? You know, can people count on me? Can they call me and be like, hey, I need your help? Yeah, you can help. You can call me for help. Uh, but when she said this, you know, you'll know you're worthy of receiving it when you trust yourself above everyone else. And it's like, okay, you know, ponder on it, sit on it, think about it, you know. Be a for me, it's just being more conscious about it because, you know, as far as, like, my eating and stuff, I know exactly – I can give you a good range of what calories I'm eating. I can tell you 
uh, my workouts, how what sig- what significance my workouts are, you know, because I because I was conscious about it for so long, and now this is a new realm that I want to add to that macro of like being conscious of actions, being conscious of maneuvering, adapting, and uh, moving with life. But <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got for today, and I feel I feel good. Feel great. Uh, like I said, um, leading up to today and, you know, getting this information and, you know, a lot of things have now left my head with, with the, with the, not clarity, clarity is a word, but with the, I guess the release of, not negative thoughts, but just release of uh, maybe self-doubt. You know, so there are just some thoughts that were just clinging, clinging. And like when I was, because even talking about like my elementary examples, you know, where I, I have a few of those memories, even some of those I was able to let go. I was like, man, I remember that one. Okay, this is what it is. I can let it go. Is it significant? No. Okay, blah, blah, blah. And I go. Pending blah, blah, blah. childhood memories. <laughs> Dude, it, like I said, I, it's interesting, <laughs> you know, because uh, even, Eddie, you said this recently, uh, uh, where you said, someone asked you a question. It didn't matter. But the, the, the matter of fact was like if you go looking for it, it'll it'll you'll find it, you know. And same thing here. It's like I guess because I felt this, you know, two three weeks ago. I was like, oh my god, I, and I went searching for it and I found it and I was able to have a lot of clarity. Hopefully, everybody listening, hopefully the guys here in the room um, can ponder on this, ponder on these this conversation uh, to just improve. Like I said, next week I I do plan on uh, getting back into some business. Um, I'm still. As far as the book I'm reading, it's still a lot more like uh, personal, like personal depth. But um, I, f- I do feel strongly about diving into some uh, business. I might. Uh, there's a Gary Vee book that came out in 2009 called Crush It. I may want to dive into that next week. It's like it's like also like 130 pages, 140 pages. So I'll finish it really quick, and maybe I'll bring that. It's not guaranteed, but I I do want to dive into some business next week, and that's the plan. So, guys. Social medias, interwebs, info, go. www.eddiesignsmusic.com Spelled E-D-D-I-E-S-A-E-N-Z music.com So that's where you can find me, guys. Um, all my social links are at the footer. So that's going to be at the bottom of the home page and really all the other tabs. doesn't matter what tab you click on, but, I mean, home is going to be home. That's going to be the first one you see. So all the links are down there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Over to you, Brad. Brah. <laughs> Brah. Family guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> hate you guys. <laughs> anyway, you can go ahead and uh, reach me at, like I said, I think I'm going to be pushing the intronaut a little bit more. Oh, uh, Right before you get into the intronaut information, um, I did change because I, I have a pretty standard, like, uh, under the main information, at, like, as far as, like, uh, links and stuff, I, I changed it up a little bit. So I do have Eddie's, like, music page up i do have like the intronaut stuff up it's it's a little more specific that i feel like we that we each individually want to keen on mm-hmm. so that's what i did so you can now you can go ahead i, I did ch- make a change to that so the intronaut yeah. you can go ahead and uh check out my instagram the intronaut underscore and uh also fiverr i i i don't know if i actually mentioned it last week I think you did. Um, I do have the Fiverr link up there. I have your Etsy link up there. Oh, and stuff. I do have an Instagram uh, at, at the intranaut underscore. So I do have that. For Eddie, I do have just your website because that's the, that, that sends you to everything. So, again, w- uh, and, that, and it, for me, it wasn't even simplifying. It's like, okay, what do we, what do we want prioritized? And it's like, well, yeah, we, we, wrote, we talk about it already. Why don't we just keep that as a priority when people look at, when people look at the show yeah. notes? 
I'm gonna make a website with just links to my social media. <laughs> oh man, man, I'm 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 still like on the cuff of wanting to create my own website. I feel compelled, but it's like I don't I don't know. Well, you can do it. It's completely free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, like, I have certain I have specific blog posts that aren't dealing with moving with life that I post, and I I don't post too often. I'm I'm trying to change my ways, but. It's just like as far as writing, it's just not a priority right now. I'm gonna do a lot of writing in December, so that's like what's gonna happen then. Uh, anyhow, Brian at the intronaut underscore. He has an Etsy link on the show notes. He has the Fiverr link on the show notes. Eddie com. For all of this, this being the podcast, moving with life. Co shows you everything gives you the updated uh episode all the links to show social media man i always tongue twist that is on the right side of the of the home page and then if you click there's home there's observations uh then season one podcasts on the it says there's a link for podcasts that season one's priority right now just because we're still going through season two i don't feel like there's been a change um as far as macro into what we're doing and how uh I'm landscaping these episodes. So, movingwithlive.co. You can do that. Um, and we can scoot out here. Uh, I'm going to stay on meditations for probably the next few weeks as far as taking the closing quote. And this is by Marcus Aurelius. This is from book one. And it says, from Maximus. Self-mastery, immune to any passing whim, Good cheer in all circumstances, including illness. A nice balance of character, both gentle and dignified. An uncomplaining energy for what needs to be done. The trust he inspired in everyone that he meant what he said and well-intentioned in all that he did. Proof against surprise or panic and nothing either hurried or hesitant. Never short of resource. Never downcast or cringing. Or, on the other hand, angry or suspicious. Generosity in good works. And a forgiving and truthful nature. The impression he gave of undeviating rectitude as a path chosen rather than enforced. The fact that no one would ever have thought himself belittled by him or presumed to consider himself superior to him. A pleasant humor. 